Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 through 12. Let's read this together. This is from the English Standard Version. You to your brother shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as a lioness, who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him. And to him shall be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foil to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine, and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. Now this sounds like some strange stuff, but we're seeing this blessing here at the end of Genesis on the twelve patriarchs, and specifically here to Judah. There's some questions that come to mind. If we think back to Jacob's sons, Judah receives the first blessing of all of Jacob's sons. Now think Jacob's sons, the twelve patriarchs of Israel, think of Joseph being a part of that, and Benjamin, Reuben, Gad, Simeon. They end up becoming the 12 tribes of Israel. So Judah receives the first blessing of all of Jacob's sons. And it's perhaps the greatest blessing. I mean, this is some big stuff that we're told that others will bow down before him. That the scepter will not depart from Judah. In some way, there's going to be a king that will come from the tribe of Judah. So this is a big deal. Think about what his blessings are. The reception of praise from his brothers. They'll bow down to him. There'll be conquest over his enemies. And kingship among the nations. That's the big one. There'll be kingship among all the nations. Now this is remarkable when you consider Judah and the actions he's taken so far with the sale of his brother Joseph. He was complicit with that. And then the wrongful and horrible treatment of his daughter-in-law Tamar. If Reuben, Simeon, and Levi were cursed for their wrongful actions, which they were, surely Judah deserves a similar curse. Why does he get off scot-free? And on top of that, why does he receive a blessing? So this is an enigma. At least it is to me. Let's think through that. Why does Judah receive a blessing and his brother's curses? To answer the question, let's, let's take a deeper look at the context of Judah's blessing. And you're going to see in the context of this blessing why we're reading this during the week of Christmas. This is a prophecy about Jesus. We understand, as with all the sons of Jacob, the blessing will not be experienced by Judah himself, but by the tribe that bears his name. So this blessing is not for Judah, but it's for his tribe. Judah will die like his brothers, but his tribe will go on to lead Israel and military victories. You can go and see this in places like Numbers chapter 2 and 10. Also the book of Judges, you'll see the success of Judah. Judah will follow Joseph's lead for the rest of his life as Joseph is second in command in Egypt. So he's going to follow Joseph. But his tribe will go on to rule over Israel. Though Saul, now think about it, here's one exception. Saul's a Benjaminite and he will be the first king. But David the king is a Judean, and there'll be this dynasty of the Davidic kings, so the kings will come from Judah. Think of 2 Samuel 7, 
and, and that's one of our readings this week, actually, there's a, a prophecy made to David that someone would sit on the throne forever from his family. And David comes from the tribe of Judah. But again, we're brought back to our first question. The tribes of Reuben, Simeon, and Levi are cursed because of their kind of head, their federal head, the patriarch. So why is the tribe of Judah blessed and then it seems like Judah's actions are overlooked maybe? So let's look a little bit deeper again. What's the real object of the blessing? Well, the lion of the tribe of Judah is the Messiah. That's what this passage is talking about, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You've heard that before, like the book of Revelation. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus. Traditionally, both Jewish and and Christian scholars understand that these verses are prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And Christians, we know the Messiah has already come, and his name is Jesus. It is King Jesus who is the lion of the tribe of Judah. King Jesus, who will be praised by Israel. King Jesus, who will conquer all of his enemies. King Jesus, who will rule forever. That's why, if you read the Chronicles of Narnia, if you like those series of books by C.S. Lewis, Aslan, who is the Christ character, is portrayed by a lion. It comes from this passage. Now, when we think about King Jesus ruling forever, think about verse 10 that we read. The scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Jacob is not saying here that Judah's rule would end when Shiloh came, but what he's saying is that it will continue ruling until this time when his rule will be multiplied so as to embrace all the nations. So there is one coming called Shiloh from the family of Judah who will rule all the nations. Now think about the Great Commission. What did Jesus say to us? He said, go into all the nations, discipling them. You see, the promise of Jesus will go to all people. Now, the term Shiloh just means place of rest. You kind of hear hear that in in the term itself. Shiloh is a place of rest. It's used elsewhere to refer to the Messiah who will lead his people to rest. That's kind of a metaphor we see in the Gospels, too, where Jesus does a lot of healing on the Sabbath, the day of rest. Messiah is going to take us to the ultimate place of rest. So the rest is described in verse 12 and 11 of chapter 49 of Genesis, which picture a land of peace and prosperity and abundance, surplus of everything. This is the kind of rest that King Jesus will bring to his people. So Judah's blessing is not given him because he deserves it. Judah doesn't deserve anything. He deserves a curse, but rather because no one deserves such a blessing. So this is all about grace. And we shouldn't be surprised as Christians, should we, that it's always about grace. Judah deserves nothing, but his tribe will be blessed. Messiah will come from kind of a stinky fellow, actually. Judah's not great at times, but through his progeny, the Messiah will come. Jesus will come and bless the people in abundance solely by his own grace. And none of us are deserving of this grace. But he gives it to those who have open hearts and receive this message of hope. These reasons don't make sense to me sometimes, but I start to see the power of grace throughout the text. It's about the free grace of God. And so every time we try to box God up and try to understand his purposes, we're always shocked how gracious he can be. 
So today, as I think about this this time of year, I give thanks to the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the humble King who came and died for my sins so that I could receive abundant grace. Because like Judah, a lot of times I'm a scoundrel. I'm not always who I should be. And thanks be to God that even through this guy that's not the greatest sometimes, God sends the grace of his son Jesus. So as we head into this weekend, as we think about Christmas and time with our families, and we reflect back to the birth of Christ, let us celebrate the lion of the tribe of Judah. God bless.